Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. And uh, 
sure. That was an extremely crying, and uh, and it is if they have not found mom yet. You know what that family must be going through. Ah, but the story of the morning was a 24-year-old lady. Uh, her dad took her to church so that they could pray over her. And uh, while they were praying over her, she jumped up and attacked her dad. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, the fact that he suffered some injuries. By the time the cops got there, she was being subdued. And, uh, you know, that got us talking about, you know, do you... You know, mandate that a child at 24 years old uh, go to church. You know, and it was quite, quite a conversation. As Pastor Jeff was like, "Yes, as for me and my house, I don't care how old you are, uh, you gonna need to go to church." And what uh, a bit of conversation. Um, ensued around that we talked about uh, the fact that you know uh, Pastor KL brought up was you know you went to church when you were younger um, your mama didn't go and uh, he looked at it as though it was hypocritical and how can we make a child go to church and we don't go you know it, it is a hypocritical thing well you know, uh, we all agree, the panel agrees, that it is quite hypocritical for the child to not go, I mean, the child to be made to go, but the parent doesn't go, you know. But then, you know, on the flip side, you know, all of us have said that, well, thank God, you know, thank God that if we had a parent, that did not go, but we insi- that insisted that we went. And look at how all of us turned out. You know, we're all, you know, on the side of uh, my former life. Yeah. You know, so, you know, a child does not know. You know, at the end of the day, you know, a child feels like they're being made to go to church. So, you know, if we stop there... That in and of itself is a lot, you know. Um, I don't want to go to church, you know. Parents give children a reason, you know, or not (laughs) to go to church, you know, especially if they're not going to church. You know, there's that do as I say, not as I do syndrome. And, uh, you know, I I have a, a, a take on it where, Despite the fact that I believe it's hypocritical, you know, as a child, you don't know what's best for you. And and we as parents don't always do the best thing. But we're grateful to God for that inclination that we have sometimes, you know, to do what we do. You know, even though we can't quite Explain it, you know. I'm not saying, you know, you go, uh, you better not drink, 
But hey, hand me that bottle. You know, we ain't talking about that. I ain't talking about that. You know, I'm I'm talking about, you know, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he grows older, he will not depart from it. And it, that's that's where I want to stick a pin in this morning. That we were, you know, made to go, and as we were made to go, we may not have gone, you know, or we may not go ourselves, but what was implanted in us or what was planted in us gives us an understanding that we need to go. Yeah. And, you know, if we don't go, we sure enough going to send them kids. So I would like to believe that that's part of the, you know, that, that seed that was planted. So, you know, it may look a little cockeyed. It might even be a little cockeyed. But if you ain't going, you know, you need to make sure your child goes. You know, and you work that out with God, you know, on on the flip side. You know, because I'm looking at a, a, a whole host of kids, you know, that we did news about last year. How they were killing how they were bullying, how they were committing suicide, how they were in a level of distress. And, you know, any child that's menacing is in some level of distress. You know, we may not understand it, you know, but if you feel like you've got to be mischievous, you know, you're always into something, there's some level of distress. And, you know... You don't want to take your child to no therapist. Take your child, send your child to church. You know, why do parents need to go? Because, uh, hey, we did enough stories on the parents last year. Yeah, uh, they need to be at the altar nice and early. You know, I like to say that when I wake up in the morning... I need to be seeing you already there in the church. <laughs> yeah, because that's how badly you need Jesus. So, you know, let's, uh, you know, there's a way to consider all of that. You know, it, it's, it's uh, they might be adults. And uh, like I said, as Pastor Jeff said, he don't care how old you are. If you his, you better be headed out to that church. You know, others. You know, after they get to a certain age, you know, then uh, you on your own. I can give it to you. I can lead a horse to water, but I cannot make you drink it. That was a really good conversation yesterday. Probably a lot more stimulating than I than I sound, uh, but uh, it was good. It was a good conversation yesterday. And uh, I don't know if you're listening, but uh, I'd go back at any given moment. If you miss an episode, you need to go back and listen. Yeah, I haven't said that in a while. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't go back and listen. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you to go back and listen, you know, because... 
All kinds of gems get dropped, my people. All kinds of gems get dropped, and you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Okay? All right. Well, today is Wow Wednesday. We're in the middle of the week, and when others are trying to figure out what they need to do or how they're going to get over we didn't already figured it out. It's called a man named Jesus. Well, over here on his due time with Pastor Steph, it's known as Ladies' Day because the ladies have their say. And trust me when I tell you, you will not be disappointed. No. You know, we've got this one topic that we have not been able to get to because of Vivian's socially conscious news. Yes. And uh, I have no idea what she's going to bring to us today, but I'm sure it's going to be something thought-provoking. So, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and let somebody know that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on and uh, make sure you go nowhere because we'll be right back. This cough just won't go away. Why am I so out of breath from doing simple chores? These are symptoms of a serious chronic lung disease called COPD. If you're a smoker or ex-smoker over the age of 40 and experiencing symptoms, see your doctor and ask for a simple lung test called spirometry. The good news is the earlier you get treatment, the more you can do to improve it. Don't ignore the signs. To learn more, visit bc.lung.ca. Good morning again. Welcome back to his due time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. You know, as I listen to that PSA, that CP that COPD is a monster. Yeah. I've seen different degrees of it and uh, I can't even imagine, you know, uh struggling to breathe. Yeah, that 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 there that always hits me in a certain way, and um, I think I think about it like you know it comes from smoking, and most times it's after the person has actually stopped smoking, and I say to myself, look at all the breath. That people give away in their smoking 
um, time. You just gave away all that rest and air that you so need today. And you know, have you ever, you know, you know how many people I've heard say, you know, I was, well, I'm a cancer. You know the astrological sign. I'm a cast. I'm a cancer, so I'm. I'm. I know I'm a die from cancer. And I'm like, <laughs> that even that makes sense to you. And you know, forget about God. Forget. But let's just take God out the equation for a second. Even logically, that makes no sense to me. I'm like, are you really saying, since you're a cancer, I'm a die from cancer anyway? That's the way you would just give your life away. You know, I, well, I guess, you know, people are committing suicide daily <laughs> on many different levels. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know people. You know, I'm going to say this to you before we get to Vivian. The more I read the news, the more I watch and listen to people, the more I'm grateful to God that he has snatched me in my collar. Because when I look at what people call logic, and like I said, even if I don't add in the God factor, just even before, you know, God took a hold of my life, how I gave God my life, whichever way you want to put it, just certain things just didn't make sense to me. And when I listen to people's logic, and the things that they have decided to pick up and believe. I realized I guess God had a, a hold on my life before I even realized it. Because the stuff that that people say, the things that people believe, how people just how they just how they've just given up their life. They've just given it away. It's like it, there's no thought past now. For you to say, well, I'm a cancer, so I'm a dive cancer, so I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord, help. <laughs> you know, I just give God thanks. So let's give God thanks this morning and every day that God gives us here on this earth for having a level of common sense for there being some level of logic, you know, if things don't balance and it it, 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 it just don't make no sense, it just ain't real, it don't go with it. And a lot of things people really wholeheartedly go with. And you're like, how you get here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for calling out my name because... I stand a chance. <laughs> I stand a chance. Let me get our girl Vivian on the line. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wild Wednesday. How are you, Pastor? Oh, happy Wednesday. Wild Wednesday to you, too. I'm doing all right, thanks. How are you? Fine, thank you. <laughs> Vivian, let me ask you something. Are you grateful to God that you got just a little bit of common sense? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, every day. 
and you listen to all the things that people believe, you know, they walk behind, they stand behind, they stand on, you know, what does it mean to you when you watch people like that and you are standing on the outside looking in? What does it mean? Um, um, I just think that people just need to, like, go of their beliefs and stuff, like all these silly little things that we refuse to, like, go of. <clears throat> they just need to... They just need to let it go and give their lives to God because <clears throat> it's just like a lot of the stuff that I grew up believing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A lot of the stuff that I grew up believing and now that I know the truth, it's just like, wow, I really took all this time believing this and following this. Like, it just didn't make any, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Remember when you would, you know, years ago you were a kid and, you split the pole and you had somebody hit you because you split yeah. the pole. <laughs> yep, yep. The umbrellas inside the house, like all these little silly things, breaking the mirror, like all this time I wasted believing in these things. We used to get mad at each other when we split the pole. We would pull each other back the other way and all types of stuff. It was just ridiculous. And man, you're knocking on the wood. And you see something, oh, let me, and they trying to find a piece of wood to go knock on. I'm like, you really going after some wood? What is that going to do for your life? Vivian, 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 thank God for Jesus, right? Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for indulging me. What you got for us today? All right, today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with stories regarding the children. According to reports, the number of young kids, especially toddlers, who accidentally ate marijuana lace treats rose sharply over the past five years as pot has become legal in more places in the United States. More than 7,000 confirmed cases of kids younger than six eating marijuana edibles were reported to the nation's poison control centers in a span of four years. This is a major increase from about 200 a year to now almost 3,000 per year. Currently, 37 U.S. states permit use of marijuana for medical purposes, and 21 states allow adult recreational use. Of more than the 7,000 reports, researchers were able to track the outcomes of nearly 5,000 cases. They found that nearly 600 kids, which is about 8%, were admitted to critical care units, most often with depressed breathing or even in comas. Nearly 15% were admitted to non-critical care units, and more than a third were seen in emergency rooms with drowsiness, breathing problems, fast heart rates, and vomiting, which were the most common symptoms. So now leaders are calling for greater vigilance by parents and for more laws to be put in place to make pot products less appealing and accessible to the children. So we know that these lace treats are often packaged to look like kids' candies and snacks so maybe that's not a good idea right 
They say that reports and hospitalizations rose during the last two years and more so during the COVID-19 pandemic where more children were at home for opportunities to find these products. And I just really don't think that they thought this thing through. Well, we know they didn't think this thing through. But even more so, I just don't think that they e- that they even cared. Because now this is just being sold in the stores and kids are getting their hands on it. And we just had a child in our church stand up during testimony time and thank God that his friend was okay because he got his hand on a lace treat and was hospitalized. So it's just becoming more and more accessible to the kids and children are just getting sick every day from this stuff. And I agree, somebody needs to do something. And that brings us to our next story. 10 students overdose. 10 students overdose on marijuana. A medical emergency was called in where at least 10 12 to 14-year-old kids overdosed on edible marijuana in school. This happened at Van Noyes Middle School in Los Angeles on Thursday morning. According to the Los Angeles Fire Department, seven of the 10 students were transported to nearby hospitals. The school evaluated the other three students. The school was placed on lockdown and they had to notify upset parents of the incident, adding that there was not any sort of fentanyl-affiliated overdose. As far as the article tells, all the children are doing okay. The incident is under investigation to find out how the drugs got onto the school grounds and if all of the 10 kids, um, if they all ingested the same drug or not. And this incident comes one day after two girls died after they stole medication from the nurse's office. The reports say the girls snuck in and grabbed bottles of Benadryl from the nurse's office. The teens then lost consciousness in class the following morning and died later in the hospital from an overdose. So the schools are preparing to provide doctors and mental health groups to come in and speak to the dangers of drugs and ingesting over-the-counter medications. Um, And this goes back to that how grateful are we to just have a little bit of common sense because why are these kids so ready to ingest these drugs these days? They purposely went in there and stole those, the Benadryl winded up dying from Benadryl because they overdosed. It's just sad. And nobody is getting high anymore. All these stories of, of these kids that everybody's overdosing and these stories aren't enough to make them, to have them make better decisions, it just doesn't make sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our next story is still in the schools. An Ohio mother is suing her child's school district after her eighth grade daughter was allegedly strip searched over a vape pen. On September 27th, the unnamed middle schooler, a current eighth grade student at East Lake Middle School, was approached by another student who to leave the vape pen in the teen's gym locker, according to the lawsuit. The student agreed uh, just before lunch on that same day. The school's principal, Colleen Blue Rock, pulled the eighth grader out of class and questioned her about the vape pen. The lawsuit states that the student told the principal the truth about what occurred in the girl's locker room that morning, but insisted the vape pen was not hers 
that she did not have this vape pen and that she did not know where it was. According to the lawsuit, the principal then proceeded to search the student's gym locker and, and hallway locker, but didn't find anything. Uh, then the lawsuit says that the team was taken to the nurse's office. There, a nurse's aide allegedly forced the middle schooler to strip down to only her underwear after the middle school's assigned nurse, Megan Coleman, who was not present at the time, allegedly instructed her to do so over the phone. The lawsuit states that the body search also turned up empty. Following the search, the team was then suspended from school. So now Mama is suing, saying that they violated uh, the team's constitutional rights, failed to train the school employees, and intentionally inflicted emotional distress. But the school's lawyer says that the question of whether schools are justified in strip-searching students rests on if they have, quote, reasonable evidence indicating the student has contraband or illegal substances that present safety concerns to the student or to others. So a vape pen presents safety concerns. Eighth grade is about what? 13 years old, I believe. So this is definitely an example, at least to me, of someone in power taking their power too far all over a vape pen. Why not just call her parents? But, okay. And our last story regarding our children is about legislators considering making it a law for children to have mental health days from school. They say employees are allowed to be absent on occasion for mental health days in many workplaces. So why not the children? The measure is being introduced in the New York State Senate by Brad Holman, the senator representing the west side of Midtown and parts of Lower Manhattan. He said that it would be introduced simultaneously in the state assembly. Holman said that this bill would make a school day missed for mental health reasons and excused absence. He says, quote, just like if you had a cold or the flu, mental health is as important as other forms of physical health and well-being, if not more important, end quote. And I just think this is dumb. For me, the first thing that came to mind is this gives parents who are abusing their children another excuse to give to the schools. So now you know you're not taking care of the child or you're abusing the child, and if they ask you any questions, you can just say, oh, they needed a mental health day. I think that if you are, if, you, if you're accepting all this, if you're with it, then and your child needs a mental health day, then just keep them home. Why do we need a law saying that now it's mandatory or it's the law for the schools to excuse children for a mental health day? I think that it's a waste of time. It's a waste of laws, but, you know, I don't know. What do y'all think? And now for our last story, we have what is being recorded as the first homicide in 2023, y'all. A Bronx man was stabbed to death during an apparent dispute early Sunday morning. Police said the New Year's Day murder happened just before 4 a.m. on January 1st outside of an apartment building at 1335 College Ave in Mount Eden in the Bronx, 
Based on preliminary investigations, detectives determined that the murder victim, which was a 63-year-old man accompanied by a 38-year-old woman, got into a dispute with an unidentified suspect at the location. The reason for the argument was not yet disclosed. The words turned to violence, and cops said when the predator stopped the male victim in the chest, and he then turned and stopped the woman in the torso. Both victims were taken by private means to Bronx Care Health System's emergency room. Um, They're saying that the woman is expected to make a full recovery, but unfortunately the 63-year-old man was pronounced dead at the hospital, and they are again recording this as the first homicide of 2023. So far, no arrests have been made on the, in the ongoing investigation. But people just don't make, they just don't waste no time. It was around 4 a.m. on the first day of the, of the new calendar year. And already, you know, arguments are happening and it's turning into death. It just don't make no sense. But now we are at our wow story of the week. <clears throat> It has been said here on a due time with Pastor Steph that the mother and son relationships can be pretty toxic and mothers would do anything to protect their sons. While this one woman took things to the extreme and has now been ordered to pay a $2,300 plus fine after offering a piece of her liver in order to get her son a job. So when the woman known as Miss K heard from a friend that the chairman of a very large construction company had fallen ill and was in need of a liver transplant, she worked her way into the office of said chairman's son. And during the meeting, Miss K said she was willing to donate her liver in exchange for a job for her son at the construction. The chairman's son agreed to those terms and also offered $1 million. And so she impersonated the daughter-in-law of the chairman at a hospital in order to be tested for the transplant. The, Nas- the National Institute of Organ Tissue and Blood Management approved the woman for the transplant a week later. Soon after the woman was admitted to the hospital, She was diagnosed with COVID-19, which caused a delay in the surgery. As Ms. K spent more and more time in the hospital, a nurse became suspicious of the relationship between the parties, and thus the nurse reported Ms. Ms. K for organ trafficking. Because of this, the operation was canceled. The chairman awaiting the liver transplant winded up passing away while the investigation was still taking place. And Ms. K's response was, quote, I thought my son would be able to get a job if the operation was successful. The woman explained during the trial that she also got greedy because they promised to give me money, she said. Now, that's just crazy. You willing to go into surgery and give up organs so your son can get a job? That's just that's just crazy. And now she has to pay over $2,000 in fines, which she clearly doesn't have if you're willing to sell organs for your son to get a job. Now, this poor man then died because of all of this. And the other man, the chairman's son, 
is doing time in prison for orchestrating it all. And yet son still don't got a job. Just, it's just a mess. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Seth. All right, Vivian. Thank you. Now, I just want to make sure I got this story straight, this last wow story. So she she was, she was she went on site, snuck in, and was approved at the hospital for mm-hmm. this for this liver transplant in exchange mm-hmm. for having a job plus a million dollars. But because yeah. she had COVID, the surgery was delayed, and then she was later, <laughs> later found out and charged with organ trafficking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said that she was being suspicious and the lady, the nurse questioned their relationship and winded up calling it in and uh, calling it in for um, organ trafficking. And then all that stuff happened subsequently. So it didn't matter that even, the, you know, as far they didn't know how long, you know, the two had known one another. But it didn't matter that they knew one another just because she wasn't a family member. Well, they didn't uh, really know one one another. She snuck in, you know. She she talked to this one and that one and got a meeting with a meeting with the chairman's son. She didn't actually know the chairman himself. Oh, so she okay. lied and That's said how the that son she got was. involved. Yeah. All right. So because she she didn't know the son. I'm sorry. She didn't know the man who needed the organ. She mm-hmm. met the son. And the son was mm-hmm. the one who arranged that the the daughter-in-law, quote unquote, would give the organ. So right. The man didn't right. know who she was. All he knew was that he had an organ donor. Yes. I, I, it doesn't say whether he was aware of the setup. It doesn't really speak on that. But it was the son who orchestrated it all. Yes. Okay, all right, so now I see why. Okay, okay. Ooh, Vivian, you must go to a special place to find your stories. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, as always. I ask you to hang around just in case we need some clarification. But uh, thank you very much, and you have a blessed day. We don't need to hear from you again. Thank you. You as well. Okay. Baby. Oh, let's talk to our ladies. And I'm gonna say good morning to Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, our listeners. How are you this morning? I am doing great, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm well, thanks. Are you in the sunny land of Chicago? Nope, not yet, not yet. We still looking for housing out there, so I, I figured we'd move by the spring. All righty, all righty, okay, 
All right. Well, we still have you for an extra five minutes. So that's a great thing. That's a great thing. <laughs> and God bless your search. Thank you. you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right, Elder Natisha, here we go. We got this whole issue with our young children um, ingesting mm-hmm. this uh, uh, mm-hmm. laced this laced uh, food, these edibles, and they've been, mm-hmm. you know, a, a surge, Vivian said, up to 7,000 um, who are younger than six years old. Um, you know, and now they want to put into place, um, you know, packaging that's less appealing to children. But wouldn't you, shouldn't you have thought about that before you even put the, allowed the stuff to go on the market? Nobody thought that if you put something out there that looks like uh, nerds or airheads or Skittles, that this would be attractive to the babies? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think besides the fact that, you know, the turning these things into candy um, is a problem. I also think the negligence of knowing that you have a toddler walking around the house and you leaving these things where it's accessible for these toddlers, because it looks like candy, it takes away the severity of the fact that it's a drug, right? And so, you know, you choose to just kind of look at it as a gummy bear, but it is a, a, a weed gummy bear. So you can't just leave that on the table, knowing that you have a right. child that's going to see candy, and they go like, ooh, candy, and, and, and they're going to, you know, eat the candy. So I think absolutely it's the same fight we've fought with the vapors, you know, having different flavors of these vaping pins and things of that nature. I think also, yes, you know, um, I don't know if the packaging alone is, is going to help the situation because once you open the package, even if it's in some type of silver, non, you know, fancy-looking package, once you open the package and candy is exposed, if it's left at a place where kids can access it, then we're still going to have the same problem. So I ultimately, I, I think the parents or guardians or whoever have to be held responsible, right? Like, again, we have to start holding people responsible in order for actions to change. Absolutely. 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 You know, again, like you said, it doesn't matter what happens. Because when we, a lot of times, how many times have you popped open a peppermint and the wrap is gone? Mm-hmm. You know, but the peppermint, mm-hmm. like you said, is hanging around, and because the child sees you eat the peppermint, nah, there goes the peppermint in their mouth. So you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. That's right. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Woo. Good morning, Lady Tamika. How are you? Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning to our ladies. Good morning to our listeners. And I want to tell uh, Lady Vivian, thank you so much. This will be another week that we will not touch our topic. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I'm glad you said it. (laughs) I'm glad you said it. Woo. Did we lose you? Did we lose you, Lady Tamika? I mean, she gave us a wallop, I mean, a wallop of stories all about our youth 
and my heart goes out to all of the lives that are be, being affected. I mean, um, I recall when they first started talking about this thing becoming legal, um, all of us, you know, we all said, oh, this is going to be a mess, you know, and you, it, it's kind of like you put the, the cart before the horse, you know, and now you're trying to uh, safeguard all of the stuff that you should have thought about prior to. You know, the other thing that I think about is maybe I'm not watching the right television shows, but back in the day we had Schoolhouse Rock and you had other things that advised you about drugs. You know, I don't know if you remember, this is serious, this could make you delirious. It was a little commercial that let you know about drugs, you know, and it was all kinds of stuff that we, you know, we had information on. So if it's not happening in your house, you could at least watch television, you know, and, and get knowledge as to what to do, what not to do. You know, I, I noticed that there's an absence of that. It, it almost seems like this world is literally turning topsy-turvy. Those things that we should care the most about are the things that we care the least about, and the things that we should not really make that much of a value, that's what we're valuing. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you ladies remember when we used when we were growing up, they had these little candies, and they were white, looked like cigarettes, and when you mm-hmm. them, the, the little puff stuff came out like it was supposed to be smoke. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I remember. Yeah. Uh, how many people... How many people ended up smoking because of that? You know, it's like, yo, it, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you for joining us, Lady Tamika. And this morning, ladies, guess who we got on the line? I'll let her say good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Speak up, lady. Pastor Kim, where you at? Did we lose Pastor Kim? Before we even got started, did we lose Pastor Kim? Pastor Kim, are you talking to the mute button? Good morning, good morning, good morning, and good morning, my wow sisters. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. And happy new year. Good morning. Happy new year. Good morning. Happy to have you on with us this morning. Thank God for school break. Uh yeah. you have uh, an opportunity to join us this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much uh for jumping in here. How are you? I am well. I am well. Good, good, good. Glad you? to hear. All right, Pastor Kim, we're talking about, you know, the fact that these children, you know, um, have access to these uh, edibles and and to the tune of 7,000 children have had to be taken to some emergent care um, place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a mixture of you know, uh, the, the the edibles coming in packaging that, that's appealing to children versus the, um, or in addition to, I should say, in addition to the fact that, you know, caretakers, parents are, you know, negligent with leaving this stuff around and have aided 
uh, the increase of these children getting to these edibles? What's your thought? You well, y'all already know what my thought is on it. You know, um, it, it's still the same. We are in our last and evil days, and you know, it's like you know, hell has enlarged itself. The enemy is coming up with even more tactics and things of how he can kill, steal, and destroy. And, you know, the spirit of deception is just on the uprise. And, you know, in the last days, many will be deceived, you know. And, and it's so sad that um, what he, the enemy wants to do is he wants to destroy our youth, you know, so that they cannot be an example in their youth. Um, in love and in purity, you know. He wants to um, have our young people um, destroyed and discombobulated, you know, before they can even get of age to begin to be used of God. And it's so sad that um, the devices that he's using, you know, and that's why you just have to be so careful for nothing. You know, parents, we have to cover our children we have to constantly watch as well as pray because um, the enemy is on the prowl, you know, 24-7, doing what he does. And that's why we have to be on our job as well. And their ear gates, eye gates, and, you know, where they go, what they do, you know. And, and it's just so important because um, a child could be messed up, you know, severely from, you know, getting a hold to um, – one of those uh, edibles or something like that. I've, I've known situations where um, people's children have gotten edibles and had to go through emergency because of, you know, that stuff goes right into your bloodstream quickly, you know, so it's nothing to play with. So we just have to pray. Absolutely. Pastor Kim, being in the schools, have you all come across, you know, children bringing this stuff to school? How have you, um, or have you had to combat um, this this edibles issue in in the school? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Just before the break, um, I got word that. Um, and these are not always the eighth graders because I'm at the middle school. So it's not even the older um, kids. Um, sometimes we got the sixth graders that are um, they're vaping, they're bringing in edibles, um, they're smoking, they're bringing in marijuana. And so it is unfortunate, but it, um, the blessing is that because children talk, you know, one of the kids um, went home and told their mother, and the mother was able to call the school to um, to sound the alarm, to let them know that this was going on so that they could be more watchful and try to, um, you know, catch these kids that are doing it because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Wow. I, I remember wow. a kindergartner had um, took something to school. Wow. At wow, the beginning wow. of the pandemic, one of the little kids that took something to school. Yeah. So. Wow. It's, it's <sighs> just where we are. These kids get a hold to it from their parents. And, you know, um, 
you know, even my daughter, you know, I mean, they, the enemy has really, really um, been corrupting our younger children. My daughter's car got stolen out of driveway, and the police told my daughter that it's not the adults that are stealing these cars. They said that it's um, 10 and 11-year-old children that are doing it. They're teaching these children how to steal cars. Wow, wow, wow. Again, yeah. you know, influence of our older, our older uh, people teaching the children yeah. to do these things. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Pastor Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Uh, so we have this Ohio mom who's suing because her eighth grade student was strip searched over a vape pen and you know even when no even when she told the story nobody believed her you know like Vivian said you know what happens to calling the parent let the parent come in um, before you get to the point where you feel you need to actually have a child strip down to their underwear um, you know what are we doing are we are we just power stricken, um, Lady Tamika, where we don't even now seek the parents to aid in all of this, you know, uh, combating, you know, uh, getting, you know, the the, the marijuana or the, the edibles or the bait pens or whatever, the contraband, let's call it. That's what we want to call it. The contraband into the school. You know, what are we doing? My my heart goes out to the young lady because I'm sure she had to be mortified by, um, you know, having a strip search, especially considering the fact that she was telling the truth. You know, and and I, I feel like, you know, Vivian, like, why not call the parent? You know, when when do you give up your authority and give authority back to who it originally, who it originated from, the parent? You know, um, I, I, my, I mean, you know, what else do you do? I mean, as a school, you, you should only have certain reins. And, and then to actually ask a child to stress, that's horrible, you know. And, and I mean, that's something that... The child won't forget. I mean, my whole, it, it, whatever tenure she still has there, um, it's got to be mortifying. And, you know, and as a parent now, you have to make other moves because, you know, if the child wants to be able to be relocated, you should be able to assist her in doing that. That's mortifying for that child. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Pastor Kim, again, you, you know, Vivian went to school today on us. And in a in school, how do you get to the point where you surpass a level of authority where you that you take from the parent and you yourself strip search your child? How do you even get there in a school as a as a principal yeah. or a nurse or whoever? Yeah, that's you know that's you know it sounds so violating. You know that you got to strip a child, an adult. You know that 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 you know it, it doesn't seem like something that would be feasible. It, it doesn't even, you know, it, it's terrible. 
a child, but but this is where we are. You know, these children are coming up like adults. You know, and 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 just like in situations, you'll have um, children that um, that commit adult crimes, and so they have to deal with them accordingly. You know, but um, I, I just um the strips search a child I, that's that's a bit much you I, I would hope and and pray that the parent would have to be present absolutely absolutely and that's where it becomes questionable where you couldn't even wait to get the parent there did they mm. say she had that the vape pen was a bomb? I'm not, <laughs> I understand. Was the vape pen a gun, you know, that you couldn't wait for the child, Elder Natisha? I mean, the parent, Elder Natisha. You know, I think this is where, you know, we're always talking about um, praying and really being led by the Spirit of God when you come into moments like this. I think leaders have real um, challenging things to consider, right? You know, we, we just literally, when you think about all of the stories we've heard, we've heard about kids dying because of exposure and drugs entering into the school, right? And we've heard about kids overdosing and things of that nature. So this is a serious issue. And so here now we have a leader who is looking at a serious issue, a vape pen. It is a, it is still something that alters consciousness. It alters that your, your, your conscious awareness. Like it's not just harmless. Um, uh, vaping pens, right, even American Cancer Society has fought against these things because of how dangerous they are. So this leader now, this nurse and the school officials are taking it serious, taking seriously um, the fact that there is something in the school that can cause harm to, the, to that child and to any other child who it is shared with or who it is exposed to. But this is where um, the wisdom of God and the strategy of God and the presence of God comes into play to know that you need to partner with the parent. That as a leader, I get it, that that you are trying to protect the school because this is serious. Kids are dying as a result of overdoses to all kinds of stuff. So it is extreme what she did, but she was also dealing with a very extreme situation because drugs in school is extreme and it has to be dealt with and taken severely. But you partner with the parent. The first Absolutely. thing that leader that leader was supposed to do was reach out to the parent and say, "Hey, we have a situation here, but not just hers." When she told the story of where she got the vape pen from, why do we no longer hear about the other child where the pen actually came from? Right. right. So, I, I think you know. I think again in leadership, in those moments of pressure and stress, this is where we have to have cool heads. We have to be wise in how we deal with them, even though it is important and it is extreme. How we deal with it matters because now you have violated and victimized a child and caused them tra- uh, excessive trauma, you know what I'm saying, um, when I, you didn't have to do it that way. It did not have to be done that way. That was not the best approach. Absolutely, absolutely. 
and and that's what's happening with the police. You know, they're they're at a, this heightened alert. You know, because all mm-hmm. of, you know all of danger and um, the emergent situations, but cooler heads must always prevail. Mm-hmm. And what would have been wrong with just putting her in a, in a room, putting her in the office, and just keeping her away from any other um, children as well as the other person that was involved? Because I was wondering the same mm-hmm. thing. I'm still waiting to hear when Vivian was talking. I'm like, well, what happened? She wasn't alone in this accusation. What happened to the other person? Mm-hmm. So now you're only dealing with one person. The other person's walking around thinking she's free and clear. So what is she doing? Is she killing herself? Is she helping killing other children? But what was wrong with just kind of isolating her and waiting for the parent to come and letting the parent know, yeah. listen, I'm going to let you know right now, you could take your time if you want to. Because they always say that, you know, a lot of the children's parents don't come. They call and they're sitting there waiting and they don't come. So you let them know, listen, you can take your time if you want to. But the authorities will be notified because that's how serious this is to us. And let's see how fast parent, the parent gets there. But to not even do your due diligence, it's like like you all have said, this has got to be a level of trauma. If, if I was, um, uh, 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 as an adult, if that was done to me, it would be traumatizing. So we can only imagine what it must have felt like um, to this young lady. And, and you know, I, I love what you said, um, past, uh, Elder Natisha, about leadership, you know, where we've got to definitely kind of move a little differently, even in these emergent um, situations. And that's why I said, you know, was it a bomb? Was it a gun? You know, I'm not saying, you know, it would have been much better, but at least it would have been a little more understandable. Goodness gracious. Woo! Vivian, you and your stories. All right. Pastor Kim, you're on number one. We're talking about the legislation that's trying to be passed for mental health days for students. They're saying that since the the adults, are given mental health days. Why are you not? Why not give it to the children? You know, whenever some, I guess, some level of stress um, comes on. I guess they would give maybe a certain amount of of, uh, of uh, days that you would have to, you know, uh, apply. And um, they feel it's important. You're in the schools. How important do you feel? mental health days off for, for students, and is it something, in your opinion, that they need to implement? Um, it couldn't be a bad idea because we do have a lot of children, you know, especially behind COVID. Um, I feel like um, a lot of children have been affected in a lot of different ways, as well as the adults. Um and um, if they can get a, a, a stress reliever day or a day that they might even do um, maybe workshops um, for those children, I think that would be a good idea. 
um, to even speak on um, mental health and, and different things um, that bring on stress um, to children. So um, I don't think it could be a bad idea. You know, they're given days for everything else. Um, um, they get snow days. <laughs> you know, you get uh, days, but they could take one of uh, or two of the days that we've been off for two weeks. So um, one of those days could be used um, for that for the children um, and in hopes that it would help to um, just help them to become more um, conscious of the different things that are stress-related or things that can bring on um, behavioral issues and um, different things, um, uh, a video um, or what have you, or um, just um, something off-site um, that would be um, edifying for um, the children. So um, I think that might be a, a good thing. Okay, okay, okay. Elder Natisha, what's your thought? Well, this is a practice that I did with my daughters when they were in school, Um you know, now when my daughters were in school, the workload um, I thought was, you know, they, it was quite uh, heavy. And, and even when they were on vacations for holidays, they still had a packet with, that they had to complete. They had to do work and they had to read and things of that nature. And so we would, I would actually, you know, with seeing just, you know, just being in tune with your children, knowing when they needed a moment because, if a, if a child is stressed, and that's any of us, you know, if, if you're stressed out, your ability to focus just isn't there. And then that's when you get in trouble in school because you start talking, you're not focusing, you want to play too much. Um, and so, you know, being able to just kind of be in tune with your child and, and, and know when they need that day, I think is so important. And it was a, you know, and, and I would let them do that um, with the, the understanding of, okay, well, when you get back to school, now, my expectation is that you are going to catch up on all the work that was missed. You're going to have double homework. So, you know, I'm going to give you this option. Sure, you don't have to go to school today if you say, Mom, like, I'm just, you know, can I sleep in? I don't want to go to school today. Okay, so but before we do this, let's, let's take a, a minute to realize what you're asking me. You're asking me to, to let you uh, tomorrow do double work and double homework. So you're, you're clear with that, right? And so, you know, once they would say, yes, I got it, all right, as long as you understand that it doesn't, you know, you taking this day doesn't alleviate you from the work that you missed. You need to still go catch up on that work, any quizzes that um, were missed, you need to go and make sure you do that quiz of the day so you don't miss out, your grade can't go down. So I do think it is, a, um, I think that it is, it's, it's important, and I think that it is necessary, and I think it's a good thing. All right, all right. How did the girls fare when they had to um, make, you know, play catch up or make up? How did how did they adapt to that? Were they okay? Yes, they 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 did it. They they did what they needed to do because they understood that in the future, if they That's wanted right. to ah, to ah, give ah. them that day. That, like, listen, the last time you asked me for this, you didn't catch up and your grade was impacted. Therefore, I'm sorry. You got to go to school today. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. So, yeah. so they, they they stayed on top of it because they knew that, okay, if, if I don't catch up on this work, the next time, next the next semester, next year, when I need this day, 
mom is gonna be like, yep. you ain't do that homework." <laughs> right, right. And I'm a, I might really need it more than I needed it now. And mom ain't right. Let, he's not letting me go on this one. So yeah, some small cookies, some small cookies. Ah, uh, Elden, oh, Elden, I teach her. Uh, Lady Tamika, what, what's your thought on this mental health day? I, I think that it is important for them to have a mental health day. However, I fall on the other side in that, you know, as a parent, it should be your responsibility to say, listen, Jody can't come to school today, you know, um, and, and it'd be okay. You know, I, I recall days when I was in school and, you know, there, there, were, there were times when, look, today's just, today's just not a good day. You know, you think about it as you get mm-hmm. older. You know, like if you're thinking about college days, you know, as an adult, because you're viewed as an adult, whether you're still living at, at home and going to college or not, you know, when you take off a day, you take off a day, you know, and, you know, it, it's not like a workplace where as you take off a day, you know, you don't, you know, you miss something, but um, it is your responsibility as an adult in college to do so. So it's the responsibility of the adult to ensure that the child is doing it and still making sure that the child is, is you know, so on point. You know, in, in those days, in those years, you know, um, it is, again, the responsibility of the parent. Listen, is Jody, you know, doing, doing good in grades? You know, that, this is where the communication between parent and child is crucial. You know, you, you, you won't come to PTA and you won't do this, you won't stay involved. And I'm not saying that everybody is doing that. However, it is so essential that if you have a child that is going to school, that you take an active, you know, um, participation in what they're doing, what they're learning, you know, look, open up their notebook. What is it that you did? Did you do your homework? You know, did you take care? Did, after school, your teacher didn't give you anything for the whole week? You didn't get any assignments? And so it's important, you know, especially on those days when you have that mental health day that you get back on the point. That's not a party day. That means, listen, you just need to, you know, take away from school, you know. Is there something that we need to know? Is there bullying? Bullying, this is where we can get a hold of those situations when we're actively getting information from the school, getting information from, from the student, from your child, from your, your, your child's friends. This is where all of that becomes important. All right, all right. You know, Elton Atisha and Lady Tamika, Pastor Kim brought up something um, that kind of crossed my mind when Vivian was reading, and my thought was, do you also open up an option for the children or the students to have um, maybe in the school, maybe at another, you know, like a central location where they can have, you know, okay, so you're not in class if you if that was your issue. You know, you had it where, you know, this would be something that's running because if you're talking about how many thousands of children are in the public school system, that, that class, that place would never be empty if you're going to have this revolving um, mental health day for all of the students. Um, what is, what's your thought? Elder Nitisha, you already exercised, you know, some just, okay, you can just stay at home type of thing um, for your girls. But what, what's your thought on, you know, opening up, um, you know, just a center for, 
you know, okay, well, we deal with bullying. This class is for bullying, and this class is for, you know, if you got problems at home, this class is, if you got problems with your parents, this class, if you follow what I'm saying, where they could just go and mm-hmm. instead of just staying home, there would also be an option that this was some place that the kids could go. Because I thought the same thing when Pastor Kim said it. I was like, wow, um, that they can just kind of zone in on maybe what they're going through or maybe what the, the stress is, you know, and now that's a little different than just, you know, staying at home or, you know, because some children could just stay at home and that would, that's all they need. But other children, you know, have like targeted issues. What's your thought on that? Um, and I'll start with you, um, uh, Lady Tamika. I think it is a good idea. Um, it's just a matter of uh, finding a venue like that. That would be number one. And then you have some youth that don't feel comfortable, you know, talking to, you know, cer- certain settings, you know, or they don't feel comfortable in certain settings, and they may not want anybody else to know. So that's a real, you know, a, a hard thing to do. You know, how do you get them there? You know, and then my thing is, when they get there, you know, if they see somebody else, you know, in their classroom or in their in their school that they may not necessarily want to know, you know, it's a real fine line. You know, can it be accomplished? Not sure. You know, you have to be real, real strategic on doing that and, you know, making sure that the information stays in. You know, a lot of times the reason why some of our youth don't want to talk is because, you know, information gets out. Well, of course, anything like that, I'm sure they would put some level of confidentiality um, clause in, you know, if, uh, you know, if you were to come and talk. And, and again, you know, for Elder Natisha's girls, all they needed to do was maybe just chill at home that day, just kind of take that, you know, uh, uh, mental health day that way. But other children could benefit from, you know, um, and, and when and we're talking about venue, I'm talking about just another school, just a central school, um, you know, still keep it in the school setting. But if you had therapists or whoever there and if there was a privacy issue and I don't want nobody to talk, you know, um, I'm sure they would consider that and just open up the doors to, you know, any level of privacy. You know, it wouldn't have to be public um, if you didn't want to. Um, Elder Natisha, if your children had that as an option, would that have helped? I think I think it's different. I think that that's different. I think that that, that is missing from the school system today. I think that, you know, I remember, um, you know, in middle school and in high school, you had these other elective courses that broke up the monotony of just academic work. You know, we had something called Chuck Wagon where they would come into the school and you made like little snacks and stuff like that, you know, and it was fun. It was light. So between reading and math and science, you would have this like Chuck Wagon, you know. We also, I remember having, um, you know, uh, one of the courses that was talking about um, domestic violence and what that looks like and how to be safe and things of that nature. And so I think that that is necessary. I think that what you're describing ought to be a part of the curriculum in schools, especially for today. To Pastor Kim's point, post-COVID, I think addressing mental health 
um, in all of those different ways are important. But I also believe that it is necessary to come out of an environment. I think it's the difference between um, a person sitting at their desk all day, right, and saying, okay, I just need a minute from doing the work, but now I'm going to sit at that same desk and I'm going to just shift my attention to something else, the same uh, as removing yourself out of the space to decompress. So I think um, I think both are necessary. I don't I don't think that um, I don't think that the the remedy to the mental health days is just simply to shift their focus from academics to have an actual conversation, you know, or shifting them to the gym. To, you know, or, or another room or anything like that to just kind of talk about bullying, talk about pressure and stress, talk about what's going on at home, talk about what's hard in life. I don't think that's the same. I think it's necessary, and it should be a part of the school system because of today. But I also think that a mental health day is simply that. It is re- removing myself out of a space so that I can decompress and then I could fully come back and fully engage. Absolutely, absolutely, because even at work sites, um, we encourage people, you know, who claim that they were stressed. It's like, okay, well, don't eat at your desk. You know, you, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't mm-hmm. change anything. You know, though, you know, I'm stressed out. Say, okay, well, I'm watching you every day eat at your desk. You know, go for a mm-hmm. walk, go sit in the park, you know, um, go call a friend, whatever it is you need to do. But like you said, change your environment. You can't stay in the same environment and expect to get that relief or that break, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that you need. Um, we had two breaks a day at the last job I was at because of that very thing. Mm-hmm. Because it needs to be a shift. From I'm sitting at this desk all day, you know, getting up mm-hmm. and saying, okay, you know, it's break time. And you could see the difference in those who took the breaks and those who didn't take the breaks. You know, oh, I'm too busy. I mm-hmm. just can't take a break. You're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why, you know, and I had literally had people who came to me who were complaining Oh, you know, they said I have to take my break, and I was like, well, you need to. <laughs> you, you may not realize mm-hmm. you need to, but at the end of the day, you're going to be happy. You t- Whatever you could have done in that 15, 20 minutes is not going to be more essential than for you to get that that mental uh, uh, shift. And just turning mm-hmm. it off for 15, 20 minutes makes the difference. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, just just uh, you know, would like to see something you know more available um, to our children mm-hmm. as an option. You know, nothing mm-hmm. is mandated. You don't have to stay home, but if you really, if if because listen, giving them a if your girls had a mental health day, that was your home environment. Some kids mm-hmm. need the mental health day from the house. From home, yeah. You know, right. so, you know, people just needed to dig. I, I, I've noticed I just need to get out this house, and that makes the difference. Yeah. So, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, there would be some 
you know, things put into place, not just saying a child needs a mental health day, because here's my other thought, ladies, and I want to, you know, I want to get your thought. Here you have a mental health day. So the child leaves home saying, I need a mental health day, because they don't only need a mental health day from the school and that learning and that pressure all day long, but they also need a break from the house. Where do they go? Now you didn't partner up with some other mental health day mm-hmm. needing people, and they ain't doing <laughs> what they need to do, and what do you end up doing? Pastor Kim, how do we get caught up in, you know, this possible catch-22 situation for some children who, because you just gave them this mental health day, it's kind of open, it's, it's open. And there's like, okay, now and we're not going to, uh, gauge and, and dictate where you go, how you spend this day, but the options are there because there are children that are going to be floating around just like this who needs a mental health day from even the home, and school is, is sometimes the break. How, how, how do we, you know, even what, how important it is that we consider even that situation opening up yeah that's why you know I was thinking on the levels of when um, children need mental health days that there would be a special um, facility that would be designated just for that you know because um, because of the mental health uh, issues being on the uprise, um, not just with with adults but with children as well. Um, I think that there needs to be uh, a designated place, just like um, when we have in the schools for us, they have professional development days. And so on those professional development days, they don't allow us just to stay at home or be in the school building. They have a site that we go to, and we're uh, watching videos. We're, we're listening to one talk on different topics and resolution, uh, resolutions to different things that are going on within um, the schools. So that's why I was saying that I think that it would be good to, um, just like when when we need to uh, wusa, we, we have places that we could go, um, such as a place to go get a massage, or we have places that we go to be able to meditate, uh, uh, whether it be yoga, this and that. And I'm just trying to throw some things out there. Um, I think that it would be good that um, they have sites for uh for uh children to be able to um just like in the, in the schools, they do have like a room, they have counselors, they have different um people that the kids can go to, but this needs to be somewhere uh maybe outside of the schools that they have where um uh, uh, just like a, a respite care when, when parents need to uh, or someone needs to go send a loved one because they're going to, because they need a vacation or because they have, they're under distress or what have you. So um, maybe have like a respite place for uh, children, you know. I think that would be a, a, a good thought that they have a respite um, center 
for those children to be able to go to outside of home, outside of school, outside of whatever it is that they're dealing with, you know, to be able to talk to a social worker or a counselor or a psychiatrist or what have you, um, just to be able to, to um, and just have some things, some, some, some um, things that they squeeze things, you know, that they could use to, uh, for the stress, those little fidget things and have different things, um, soothing um, teas or, or whatever, you know, to, you know, but then, then too, you know, you got to think about the, all of the kids probably will be trying to have stress days, you know, probably seven days a week. But, you know, um, that would definitely be a thought um, that um, maybe that one would know the parents or uh, the principal would have these things available um, two children that are really and truly in distress, ones that ha- the children that have IEPs, you know. Okay, all right. All right, thank you. Elton, I teach you, we're going to start with you. Mm-hmm. We had this uh, <laughs> situation, and I always say it's something about mothers and their sons. Now, let's just talk about the first issue of you needing to offer yourself. You go donate your liver in order to get your son a job. Aren't you glad you have girls? But you, you know oh something, I was, um, I was just listening to a podcast, a leadership podcast. I, I listen every morning to John Maxwell Leadership Podcast as part of my, like, daily routine and just preparing for my role at work and things of that nature. And the podcast I listened to, he was talking about um, a gentleman who wrote a book and was talking about um, our young people today and how to develop diversity intergenerationally. And one of the things that he started talking about was identifying the difference between the generations. And he brought up this point. He brought up the fact that um, there was a time where, you know, in church, you couldn't stand up there and give an Easter speech with no paper. And my daughters even know that. <laughs> we didn't get up there and get no Easter speech. We didn't do Christmas speeches holding on to the paper. And now you got grown people standing up with papers and phones reading. Yeah. Easter. I, yep. You know, I, I just. And so what he was saying was that what we have seen over the course of time is we are not developing leadership skills in our young people, and that. In this, in 2022, and I think he said from 2020, from 2019 to like where we are today, he said there has been a significant rise in parents going with their children to job interviews. No, what? no, no, what? no. And so no. When, when y'all brought up that story, I said this is really happening. He said that today it is more common to find parents going to job interviews with children than ever before in history. Wow. Wow. Ridiculous. So so it's not even just related to a mother and her son. 
and the codependency and the toxic behavior that can exist there, it is the fact that we're not developing leaders anymore wow. in our children and making them able to just stand on their own two feet. Talk about failure to launch. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. And, uh, Are you and serious? Wow. That this mother would go, I think, again, just shows um, – the lack of parenting, in my opinion, that's what you just revealed. The fact that you feel like in order for your job to get a, your son to get a good job, you've got to sell your liver. That's sad. That's the essence of parenting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Shantice. I love Shawnice. <laughs> and I love Tamisha. I ain't giving up my body organs for <laughs> nobody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I haven't taught you and given you the skills, then, baby, you out of luck. Because I don't know. Oh, my goodness. What are we talking about? You are giving up your, well, first of all, you're going to interviews with your kid, and now you're willing to give up your organ for the kid? Oh, Child. And, and the devastation of giving up your organ and that child still only lasts on the job for two weeks. And I was just getting, and I was thinking the same thing. Who's the guarantee? Well, first of all, I'm gonna tell you something, Elder Natisha. I don't. I would bet my life that he wouldn't even last a week. <laughs> he wouldn't even last a week. What mm-hmm. assurance would I eat? What confidence would I even have that you would last a week right. on the job? If, if I made it that easy, because see, already you mm-hmm. didn't show the level of fear that he ain't he ain't gonna put too much into this here. No man. Right. Mm. So no, you ain't lasting a week. You ain't gonna last a week. Cause see, the boss will ask you to do something. Oh, he asked me, you know, to, to stay extra five minutes, or he asked me to pick up something that was a little too heavy, or he now for me any excuse, and I didn't give up my liver. Or I'm gonna have to kill you. <laughs> Lady Tamika, give it to us. What are we talking about here? Oh, God, Lord Jesus. I'm just (laughs) thinking of the whole concept. Here's the thing that gets me. So the liver has a job to do. We were created <laughs> with a liver. Part of what the liver does is it maintains your immune um, immune system. It keeps you from getting sick. It fights diseases and colds. It minimizes detoxification. It keeps your blood sugar in balance. It um, maintains blood clotting, uh, cholesterol transport, you know, make sure that everything works in what it's supposed to do. So you're giving up a vital organ that helps you sustain so that your child can possibly get this job. Now, mind you, you don't know if the child can maintain that particular position. You, you ever gave somebody, you, uh, you, you say, say to somebody, yeah, you can use me as a reference, and then they use your name as a mm. reference, and you hear all of the business that they do when they get on the job. Mm. It's like, you use my name? 
you know, so you, mm. you're thinking about that. And I'm saying to myself, I have, I have a dear loved one that I know that has <clears throat> a liver issue. Liver issue caused a thyroid issue. So now she's sensitive to all types of diseases. Now, if you think that the reason that she got COVID was co- coincidental, mm-mm. even in all of that, God is saying, hello, wake up, mm-hmm. pay attention. Do you see what's going on? Because if you had gone through all of this, look at this now. She has no money. He has no job. The, 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 the bosses, the, 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 uh, the, the son is now incarcerated. All of this foolishness mm-hmm. caused by all of these lies. Plus you had the lie. You know, and I'm grateful for the astuteness of the staff that said, mm, you don't know this. You know, if, if, I, if you ask me anything about my father, I can give you a multiplicity of answers, you know, based on what you ask me. You know, so nine times out of ten, she said something, and you, he might have walked in the room, and she didn't know what he looked like. Wait a minute. You don't know what the father looks like? Something ain't right. Let me, let me, let me you know, and, and all of this is, this is what happened, and this is how we got here. Oh, I, I, I could go on, but I'm sure there'll be, look, there are other ladies on the line, and look, if, if I uh, keep talking, I'll lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, Pastor Kim, oh, Mama, you are. Are you giving up the liver so that one of them <laughs> girls can have a job? That's insane. No, ma'am. They're going to have to get it from somewhere else because I'm not putting my life on the line. Because like, like you mm-hmm. said, you know, I was thinking, uh, what, what, that, what that made me think about was my husband, you know, and how we put so much you know, into people and things, and, 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 and we believe in our children and other people's children and try to help them. My husband stuck his neck out to help this brother to get a good job down at the casino, and he just got fired because he went to sleep. Not once, <laughs> not twice, but several times because he was working midnight. And you know, this is, you know, you old enough to know better. They didn't. They, warning comes before destruction. You you got a warning, mm-hmm. you know, before you even got mm-hmm. fired. So now here you are. You didn't went above and beyond for this young man. You know, excited for him, thinking that he wants something. Looking at you know, okay, he started. He ran well. You know, he started off good. But guess what? They had to fire him because falling asleep, you know, is just unacceptable getting caught sleep, you know. So now here he is without a job, you know. And, and, and it's sad because the things that you won't do for your kids, you know, uh-huh. same thing with me, you know, put my name on the line for my daughter, you know, to get a car, you know, but you go out there. And, and you drunk driving. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Right, you know, right, right. It will disappoint you, you know? Right. And then mm-hmm. your name is on the line. Who's going to get in trouble? Mm-hmm. Me. Right. If somebody right. gets sued, mm-hmm. who's going to get sued? Me. Because I put my name right. on it mm-hmm. because I love you and because I thought, you know, well, she's going to do better. You know, she loved me. But when mm-hmm. your kids got these strongholds and different things that they're dealing with, let me tell you something. 
I, I said, okay, okay, Kim, it's time for you to wake up. It's time for you to mm-hmm. wake up. Yep, no more. And so how I how many mamas? Wow, wow. I was gonna say how many mamas done done put their house on on what you call it because little Jody yeah. uh said uh he gonna stay stay mm-hmm. in jail, you know, and, and you put your house up mm-hmm. now you have no house, no livelihood. Yeah. Here's this thing. She give up her liver and he takes the job and then she ends up sick because again, her yep. immune mm-hmm. system she gave it up. She's oh, the right. immune mm-hmm. the immune system is not even important anymore. Uh, it's worth a dollar. Hmm. You know, know, as Vivian was reading, you know, telling us the story, and I'm saying to myself, just like um, a lady, Tamiki, you said, look at all the convoluted garbage that happened Mm -hmm. in the back, on on the back end of all of this. So the man didn't die. The man didn't. (laughs) The man has expired. And he, so listen, so let's say for argument's sake he gave up the liver because remember now, not all transplants are successful. So right. you give right. up the liver and the, the, the patient expires. So now he ain't got no job. He can't hire, the son don't have a job because he can't hire him. And now you don't have a liver because you were making this sacrifice for this son. So what happens now? He doesn't get the job at the construction site because that person is no longer here to hire him, and you can't uh, uh, ensure that the new person who takes over will hire him. What you going to give up the next time, Elden Atisha? What you going to give up the next time for him to go get a job? Not nothing. See, that's why God said it's foolishness and shut the whole operation down. <laughs> God said all of this is foolishness and shut the whole operation down. He was like, okay, COVID-19, here is where you can come in handy. There you go. But, you know, but, you know, I, here's, as listening, like as we were all talking, you know what I heard in all elements of this story? Desperation. Yeah. The son yeah. desperate for his father's life. The mother yep. desperate for her yep. son to have a job. You just hear desperation, the lengths that people will go for desperation. And this is why we talk about being grounded. When we talk about right. our relationship with mm-hmm. God, to bring it fully back, we talk about our relationship with God. It, prevent, it, it allows for us to have a grounding that prevents us from ever having to be desperate because we Absolutely. believe that what's for us is for us. And so we don't have to try to make a thing happen like the mother trying to make something happen for her son, the son trying to make something happen for his father. We don't have to right. make a thing happen. We can trust and stand on the promises of God and know that what God has for us is for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Lady Tamika, you still there? Yes, I'm still here. I was getting ready to add a tail end to, to, to what um, Elder Natisha said in that, how do we even know that this child is employable? 
maybe the reason why mm. mother was trying to give up the liver is because she know her child is suspect. And so, therefore, in that conspiracy theory, Absolutely. you know that your child is off the chain. So, you know what? Let me ensure that he gets a job by giving up my mm-hmm. liver. Here mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, I agree with you. That's why I said he wasn't going to last a week. Because you would not go, listen, with, as parents, you go the distance because you, you're trying to compensate for what the child is not capable of, what the child doesn't have. That's why I said he wasn't going to last five minutes. He was not going to last five minutes on that job. Pastor Kim, we're closing out with be anxious for nothing. As Elder and I teacher has mm-hmm. said, all of this comes from desperation. How do we stand on the Bible verse that says be anxious for nothing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so very true, that we be anxious for nothing but everything. Mm-hmm. That's the other mm-hmm. part of it. But everything in yes. prayer is supplication. Mm-hmm. That's why we got to mm-hmm. be prayerful. That's why we have to always seek the first, the kingdom of God and his yes, righteousness yes. and everything yep. else to be added. So if we're keeping yep. God first, if we're trusting God, if we're always praying and seeking his face and not his hand, mm-hmm. you know, then we won't go wrong. We won't go in the wrong direction. We won't make the yeah. wrong mistakes. We won't do things that we that's shouldn't right. be doing. Right. So that's why that's we right. have to always always mm-hmm. be praying. We That's always right. have to be praying and not be so anxious to just jump out there and jump out a tree and just be doing stuff that we don't have no business doing, you know, for the sake right. of love or for the sake of money or for the sake of, you know, mm-hmm. for a man or whatever, you know. No, we have to put our trust and faith in God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ladies, as always, a fantastic job. Um, relaying God's word and God's will and God's way to his people. I thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. Pastor Kim, it's good to have you back. Thank you so much for joining me. So good. So Um, good to join in with you ladies. I love you. And I miss you so much. Love you more. Love you more. Thank you so much ladies. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. Bless you ladies. Bless you all. Happy New Year. Thank you. Ah, here we come, here we come. We're at the top of the hour, and we get that Faith Over Fear segment with our pastor, Charlene. Good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How is everybody? And welcome back, Pastor Kim. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Pastor Charlene. All right, Pastor Charlene. We're talking about faith over fear. Now, this has got to play. This has got to go into play, I should say, when it comes to you even contemplating going this distance for your child. Because like I said, I love my kids, but I'm sorry. I ain't giving up a liver so you can have a job. Now, if, if my liver might, call, you know, it's my life versus your life, that might be a little different. But how do we need to stand? How important it is that we stand on a, a level of faith, be anxious for nothing, don't be desperate, as as, as uh, Elder and I teacher has stated, um, Pastor Kim closed out with be anxious for nothing. That's a faith move. Don't be desperate, be anxious for nothing. That's a faith move above being fearful 
that uh, if I don't give up this liver, my son ain't going to have a job. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm not giving up a toenail because these kids don't need to keep a job for five minutes. You know what I mean? And put my name on nothing because they got to learn how to appreciate and they don't appreciate when they use your money. Let them spend their own money and mess with their own money. So I just needed to say that first. <laughs> these kids are crazy. So, absolutely, you know, we have to just trust God, and that's one of the bad parts with uh, parents that um, that you're seeing now, that they're so busy um, doing what they think is love and what they think that is going to help their children, which we actually hindered them, you know, because of, and I do know some uh, a parent that had went to a job interview, I thought it was the most craziest thing ever as well um, because as uh, uh, the employee, I'm looking at that you are stumbling this grown man of age. Might not be in the mind because a man would not have you come, right? So as a whole, if we continue to hinder our children, they will never be able to stand on their own. One thing that we have to teach our children is how to stand, how to be able to be responsible, how to be able to tough love that we used to get. You know, we don't have the people of today don't teach of tough love. You know, everything is given to them like they supposed to have. They think that they supposed to not to do any work, even within the household, because it starts there. It starts of learning how to take the garbage out. It starts learning how to sweep the floor, washing dishes. We don't, well, not us, but the children of today, they don't want to do all those things. They're too busy watching television, playing games, or doing other things, right, that is not even mental for them to be able to be strong, to be able to be able to be in the world. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, because I, okay, I pushed the button by mistake. Um, so I'm saying that I, the fear part of all of this is that's why we have so many children that are out here robbing because they don't know how to stand to get a job. And as long as you're on that corner those hours, you can go and put a shirt on, a tie on, and go sit someplace and learn how to get the skills if you don't have them and being able to get the job. You know, we have so many children out here, and I'm, when I'm saying children, I'm talking about adult children. I'm not talking about little children. I'm talking about adult children because that's where they're growing from and where we have to be able to understand that it's important. You won't have these, these young men out here making all these babies from different women, you know, and proud that they got 10, 12 children and they ain't got no job, you know, because that's what they're doing as well. They're using that as a tool of making babies, you know. So my thing is trust God. Parents, come to God. Take your children to the Lord. Being able to pray over them and let them be able to understand what God has for them. And it's it's not easy of getting jobs these days. It's not easy of being able to let go of your children. But tough love, 
They have to be able to walk into that wall. They have to be able to trip sometimes. You have to be able to say no. One of the hardest parts is people saying no. You've got to be able to say no. We None of us want our children to be able to not to have. None of us want our children, you know what I mean, to be able to struggle. But struggling is good. Struggling be able for you to appreciate that I was able to get that apartment. I might not have no furniture, but I got an apartment with a key. Be able to get a pillow and a cover, I'll be all right. As time go on, you'll be able to have. But we don't want to be able to let go. Mothers, y'all got to let go. I was one of those that didn't want my children to be able to struggle till they turn around because the bad part is they will tell you and get mad at you pretty much the kids they bought pretty much, but in a different way of saying it, and being able to say, I got this, Ma, until, until they walk into that wall. Now they need your help. All you do is continue to pray for them, continue to keep them lifted up, and show them the right way. Sit down, have a conversation. I find that the not only that the children don't know, the parents don't know, but us as leaders we got to be able to also have things within the ministry to teach. What might look like they know, I find that a lot of people don't know. Just being able to have some skills, being able to put a pamper on. I've seen adults who don't know how to put a pamper on. I mean, and we take things for granted. We have to be able to get to the place to be able to make sure that the people of God is able to help those that don't know. So we have to start there of teaching, being able to have um, different seminars or classes or whatever you want to call it to be able to help, you know, how to cook, you know, and being able to whatever they apply in and that the gift that they have of teaching them how to go forward. And if we don't do that, that's where they fail at. And whose fault is it? Ours, because we're in the way. We are the hinder of our children. So move out the way. Let God be able to grant them of what they need to do and be able to say that it's okay. I'm still here for you, but let me allow you to be the man or woman of God that you should be and where that it will stop from generation. And that's what happens. It goes from generation to generation, and we have to be able to stop it so, therefore, it doesn't go no further. Because back in the day, let's look at welfare. I ain't knocking it because if you need it, you need it. But how many times that you've seen great-grandma, grandma, the, the mother, the children, then their children, because it goes in a cycle. So we have to break the cycle of hinderness and being able for us to go forward and being able to know that God has us to be able to stand up and being able to teach our children so they can get good jobs, so they can be able to have their own apartment, so they'll be able to raise their children, and with the Lord's help, that they can make it. And that's all that we need. Mothers, get out the way and being able to do that for them. Bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Charlotte, for that Faith Over Fear segment. And we pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, Let's get that benediction. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dear 
our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews thirteen twenty through 21. You know, we've talked about this um, before here on its due time where, you know, we we step in. We step in just a little too much. And, you know, when we overstep, then we hinder the process, as, as uh, Pastor Shalman said. And, you know, we think we're doing good. We think we're doing well. We think, you know, uh, this whole issue and this mindset of, you know, well, my mother didn't do it for me, so I'm going to do it for, you know, for mine. Or, you know, if I got to do such and such a thing, I'm going to make sure that mine has or mine gets. And we don't realize how detrimental that theory can possibly be. You know, everybody loves their children in a foundational way, mutually, and then all of us have a, a, a certain level of things that we'll do that another parent wouldn't do. And again, when you don't know the Lord, you will not love your children to the degree that they need because it will be tainted your love is going to be tainted with that concept of, you know, I want my child to have everything I didn't have. And nothing's wrong with that. But only God can teach us balance. You know, those, well, my parent didn't do it for me, so I'm going to do it for them. And nothing wrong with that, necessarily. But, again, there's a balance to this thing. And and we as mothers on this line, I'm sure, would be able to attest to when we didn't know the Lord, we parented one way. But when we, be, you know, uh, developed a relationship with the Lord, it became a different dynamic. You just learned because and you applied things differently because you had the principles of the Lord that you had behind you that you didn't consider when you did not know the Lord. And it would only make sense because doesn't don't our basic lives become enhanced once we put God into the equation, once we put God at the head of our life? My favorite verse is, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It's my favorite verse because I have learned and have experienced that once God is put in the forefront of anything, that is the salt that makes it different. We ate some food last night, and we always run to this particular restaurant to get this Roadie because they make it big. The food was always good. Um, the the man was very nice and pleasant and had good customer service. We got that stuff home last night. Shantice brought that roadie home last night. It was just as taste. Oh my goodness! I was like, well, who made this, Mariah? 
It was tasteless. It had no flavor whatsoever. And with certain foods, if you put just a little bit of salt on it, it becomes salty. I don't care how slight the amount of salt you put on it, it just becomes over-salted. But it had to get something. And so we just, you know, we just used hot sauce because, you know. But that's, that's the way it is with God in your life. If you don't understand the balance that only God could give you, it's going to be out of whack. You go to try to do something and you just add that little bit to it. It's going to throw the whole thing off. And now you don't even enjoy it. But it's God that teaches you how to balance this thing called parenting. Where you don't make decisions to go on an interview with your child. I'm going to be honest. You wouldn't even get the job. Now, some might say, Stephanie, you just a little extreme. Nah, haven't worked in human resources for 20 years? Nah, that's all right. We don't need you. Because what's going to happen? Mama going to be calling every time you get into a, a, a no altercation or a situation with the boss. It's always going to be mama. Because I'm going to tell you something, that's where it starts. When you don't know your boundaries as a parent, you will make a mess of that child's life. And it could be done under the guise of, quote-unquote love, but if we don't learn the balance, if we don't put God in the forefront of our life, then we cannot raise our children properly. We will not have the capacity of raising our children and giving them everything that we are supposed to give and let God do his portion. Because, see, as parents, we want to do it all. But we have a, a, a problem sometimes just stepping back and letting God do what he needs to do. Because I always tell the parents, they belong to God before they belong to you. So Yeah, you might love them, but God loves them more. You may want to do, but God can do it the best. So come on, let's make sure we're doing this job correctly. Make sure God is in the forefront of your life, and therefore you will be able to do the best for your children as a parent. Will we make mistakes? Absolutely, because as they always say, there's no book. But let God be your guide. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Uh, Thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Uh, Please do not miss this opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Savior right now or develop a stronger relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Therapeutic Thursday. Uh, Dr. Gordon will be back.
God spares our life. I love you.